0: Well, hello, Heritage. I want to welcome you all here at Rock Island. Also greet our family at Bettendorf and QC West and those joining us online. We are coming out of a series where we were looking at our core values that we hold as a church, where we seek to live loved and linked and sent. And we're about to step into a journey leading up to Christmas and the Advent season with Before Christmas. But This weekend, as we lean towards Thanksgiving, we have an opportunity to spend a little time in another biblical subject, and that's the area of holy hospitality. And we have a special guest with us to help us do that this weekend. But before I introduce him, I would like to update you on what happened as we gathered as a family, church family, Friday night to take action as it relates to our greater vision Now, many of you are probably aware that we know that Vida Nueva, uh, that part of our family, our network, uh, that God is asking them to step and make a strategic move and reposition into the Hispanic corridor for greater impact. And we believe we might know that location. And as a leadership team and from the board, the board made a recommendation that we would seek to purchase the the elementary school known as the Erickson Elementary School, that we believe that might be the place. So with that possibility, we met as a church family, as a congregationally led church, to vote and speak into that. And I wanted to update you on what happened as we gathered. We we gathered to worship, to pray, but ultimately to then take action as a church to say, is this something God might be leading us to do? And I'm thrilled to tell you that we received a more than 99% endorsement of the board's unanimous recommendation that we take a step towards this opportunity. Now, this is an exciting time. It can be a little bit of a daunting time. There's still lots of questions to be had. But we're going to keep you apprised with information as we progress through this. But what we have done is we've positioned ourselves humbly before the Father to let Him decide. Because the the Moline School Board has positioned this process to be an auction on December 16th. And so we're, we're positioned to step into that moment and let God facilitate the journey as He wants to. And I'm excited to see what He's going to do, because our desire is to step with Him in obedience uh, not to chase anything that we have. This is about his purpose and his plan. And again, we'll keep you informed as we move through that process, but just wanted to bring you up to speed of what happened on Friday. But for this weekend, uh, you're in for a real treat. Uh, we have a special guest with us. As I said, it's Dr. Wayne Schmidt. I'd like to invite Dr. Schmidt to join me on the platform. Oh, yeah, great. Welcome him. <laughs> Now, Dr. Schmidt is the vice president of Wesley Seminary. He has written a number of books. He is a highly influential leader within our tribe or within our denomination. And um, we're we're blessed to have him here. But I got to tell you, more than his leadership influence within our denomination, he is a dear brother and friend of mine. And it was about eight years ago that the Lord started to connect our hearts together. uh, Starting out more in a, for me, was a mentoring journey. But what God did in our relationship since then was to really connect us as brothers. And uh, I love you. I love your heart. Uh, I have had the blessing and privilege of sitting uh, under your leadership, and in relationship to you, and hearing from you, and God has blessed me with that, and I'm thrilled that, that my church family gets to receive the same blessing of sitting with you and digging into God's Word with you. Now, uh, I know you've been struggling with a bit of a head cold this weekend, been pushing through it, your voice has been, been struggling, but God was great uh, last night as we met, and, and I know He's going to continue to provide here this morning, but I want to pray for you as you step into this time and lead us in this discussion. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brother Wayne. Uh, God, I, I pray that your Holy Spirit once again just settle upon him and that you would give him strength and, and an endurance and, and physical ability to deliver your message. I pray, Father, that we would all have eyes to see and ears to hear from you. That We wouldn't just hear from him. We would hear from you as he unpacks your word and the principle, uh, biblical principle of holy hospitality. So may we all leave here having been in your presence, blessed by that, having heard from you in better position to honor you as we live loved and linked and sent. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you. Well, it is such a delight to be with you this weekend, and I trust that my voice won't be too annoying to you today. It's not because I've finally come out of puberty that my voice has changed, uh, but I've been fighting something, and that's tend to clog the head a little bit, but people have been so gracious. And it's been great to be with Sean and Beth and the team here this uh, past weekend. Uh, It was about four years ago, actually in March of 2010, that I was privileged to be with you last. But my relationship with Sean, as he mentioned, goes back eight years and to a dark road in a wooded area of East Michigan. One morning, I was out for a run. This was when flame classes were happening, kind of a ministerial preparation process at a fairly remote campground there in East Michigan. And I was out for a run one morning, this dark road, tall trees, dirt road, and this figure comes running towards me. Now, I'm not a particularly big guy, that's pretty evident, and he was pretty military-looking to me, and I was a little bit intimidated. And so I did what uh, little guys do. I picked up a rock. I figured, well, at least if something had to happen, maybe I could hit him with a rock or something. I told him later I did that in case dogs came up and bothered me. You know, I didn't want to admit what really was going on. But that was actually my first encounter with Sean. Out for a run, we met with each other. We ended up spending some time running together. And it's just begun a series of conversations that have been a great blessing to my heart. So every month we spend about 45 minutes together on the phone and I get an update of what God's doing here. So to be here this weekend and to see it and to see the people who are part of what God is doing, to hear the great news about what happened Friday night, I just rejoice with you that in the, in the face of transitions and making changes as a congregation and all the adjustments necessary to reach your community, that you just continue to obey and follow God. Well, today I want to talk with you about a topic that has become deeply transformative in my own life and how I relate to other people. I have come to believe that I cannot be like Jesus Christ unless I understand holy hospitality. And so today I want to dig into God's word with you and to give you an idea where I'm going. I'd love for you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12, a pretty familiar biblical passage and we're going to wind our way through that passage during the course of our time together today. And I think the topic is pretty timely because of what's coming this week. And that's uh, Thanksgiving. And that's why this beautiful Thanksgiving table has been set for us. When I was a boy growing up, uh, Thanksgiving was at Grandma Cole's house. Now, Grandma Cole was a wonderful matron in our family, a matriarch, really. A good Dutch woman, very shaped by the Great Depression. I don't know if you had this experience, but she was one of those people who would put plastic on her furniture or sheets on her furniture. Anybody ever has seen this? A few of you? Yes. Uh, This was to protect it from us kids during normal visits. But part of what made Thanksgiving special is the sheets came off the furniture. And you got to see what was underneath it. And out of the corner hutch would come this beautiful china. And the table would be set magnificently. And it was a very significant occasion in our family. Now, the table, actually their house wasn't big enough for this. But the table wasn't big enough for us all to sit around the same table. So do you know what happens at Thanksgiving when you don't have room at one table? You have the adult table, and you have the kids' table. And you know it's a big deal in your life. It's like a rite of passage. When you get to move from the kids' table to the adult table. I mean, it's right up there like with high school graduation. When you get to get to the table with all the fancy stuff, and they trust you to be there and you sense you belong. Now, I realize not everyone has this kind of setup for uh, Thanksgiving. Some people really do. They're shopping on Wednesday. I realize this. And uh, especially in Michigan, where we grew up, you know, the uh, Detroit Lions played on Thanksgiving. Well, there was a game scheduled. Whether they played was debatable on a regular basis. (laughs) And uh, we uh, would uh, instead, uh, unfortunately, as the years went by of enjoying the meal, would Maybe grab pizza or something less formative. And uh, we uh, would watch the game and eat while watching the game. And that became a bit of a family ritual for us. I don't think Grandma Cole ever approved. uh, But uh, that was kind of the way Thanksgiving went for us. You know, when I think about Thanksgiving and tables and the kids' table, the adult table, and it's significant... Who's at the table? It's kind of a sign of who belongs, whose family, who's important to us. I think it's also significant who's not at the table. And maybe sometimes that's because a death has occurred and grieving is taking place or illness has kept them away or or perhaps divorce, or geographical distance, or military service. And so, who's at the table and who's not at the table is very significant. And the same is true for holy hospitality. In fact, by the time we're done today, I hope you'll agree with me that One of the most powerful ways God worked to transform our society in sending his son Jesus was by what happened at a table. So today I want to focus on just one verse of scripture with you. And I have come to believe this. It's dangerous to focus on just one verse of scripture because it's so easy to pull it out of context and make it say what you want it to say. So if you're gonna focus pretty tightly on one verse of scripture, you better be crystal clear about what the overall context is of that one verse. In the book of Romans, Paul is writing to give an overall treatise of the Christian faith. The pretty first 11 chapters, he's pretty doctrinal. And then in chapter 12, he turns a corner, and he begins to talk about their lives personally as followers of Jesus Christ. And he says, it has everything to do with your willingness, verse 1, one of the best-known verses in all Bible, to present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. And when you do that, he says in verse 2, the patterns of your life begin to change. And so we're personally transformed Because we've experienced we are loved by God. And as we're loved by God, we can trust him with every dimension of our life. Nothing held back from him. And he can completely change the habits and the behaviors of who we are. Verse 3, he then says, And develop the capacity to think about yourself. Four times he uses the word think in that one verse. Where he wants us to be able to look at our lives... And not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. But yet when we think of ourselves, have a measure of faith. Recognize how God's grace has made a difference in our lives. And so we see ourselves as God sees us because we've been transformed by him. And when we have that accurate view of ourselves, then we're able to link with others in the body of Christ. To be joined together and to each use our gifts and Play our part. And so for the rest of Romans, he talks about that it's not only personally that God is transforming us, but he is relationally transforming us as well. That he wants to connect us with others in ways that would not have been possible if it hadn't been for that personal transformation. And we are linked to them in the body of Christ, or we are linked to those that we love. Now, the thing about Jesus is he always seems to find out where the line of our comfort zones is are. and he wants to take us just a little bit further than that. And, and so he says, "In the body of Christ, you're to love one another." As brothers and sisters in Christ, and that love is to go deep. He says, but it doesn't stop there. You're not only supposed to love the people in the family of God you're familiar with and maybe are like you, but you're supposed to love people who are different than you. Because really, when God's love begins to show, it's not when you love people who have affinity and are just like you. So, sure, you love them. Everybody does it. But it's when they're different. And you have to work through those differences. He pushes them further. He says, even to the point where you love those who've wounded you. You love your enemies. And this relational reach, this embrace, this holy hospitality,